And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. OutofLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Just want to give you a heads up that tonight's program will not be focused on on any metaphysical principles. There's nothing to do with spirituality in tonight's program. It is a one-on-one interview with an individual who's very courageous, who's going to discuss the state of tyranny and freedom in the U.S. This was a tough show to do, but I, I had to do it. You know, I feel that as we progress in these shows, we've got to look at all aspects of the world and this is not one of the happier aspects. But I don't know about you, if you, what you're thinking, but it seems like the world's kind of falling apart, at least if you're looking in the U.S. It's bad enough you get the tyranny from the, the whole coronavirus thing, but now you see people, your own citizens, just having no regard for their fellow citizens. I don't care what happens or how bad a situation is, but I don't think that there's ever a reason to violently attack your fellow citizens or burn down their their businesses or harm them, especially if they're not directly responsible for doing anything to harm you. I think it's just violence, senseless violence, I think is absolutely disgusting. Righteous violence, violence against an aggressor that is trying to harm you, I think differently about that. I know some people think that no violence is the right answer. I, I kind of will look the other way if somebody's acting aggressive and you are acting aggressive in turn to stop them. I don't feel like that's the only time where I think it's justifiable in my particular way, but that's just my perspective. There's a uh, strange period of history that we're going into right now. It's They're making it seem like, I mean, if you look to the media, if you talk to some people, they make it seem like there's some kind of big war going on, the culture war going on. And I, I feel like it's just, it's majority of the population are divided into a couple ideologies and they all want to dominate the other people. And then there's a small percentage of the population, which I would consider myself a part of, where I don't want to dominate anyone. I want to be left the hell alone. I just want to live my life, experience love and happiness, pursuit of all great things, and not have to deal with someone else trying to control me. And I don't think that's a big uh, big thing to ask for. I think it's all of us should deserve it. All of us should be able to live our lives and not have to worry about something infringing upon us. But we're in a strange period of history. And we're going to look at tyranny and freedom in a unique way. We're going to give you some tools and tips on how you could expand freedom in your own life. And you'll see in the next couple of shows, we're going to go into greater expansion of freedom on the metaphysical aspect. Let us begin tonight's program. 
It is a great honor to welcome to the program Sheriff Mack. He is a passionate advocate of the Constitution and free speech and the Bill of Rights. He is a founder of the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. And you can learn more about him by going to the website at cspoa.org. Sheriff Mack, welcome to our show. Well, thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure and an honor to be with you, Ryan. Thank you. I really appreciate everything you've done to really stand for freedom because I think we are in a very strange period of time. And I was wondering, is there any chance you could please talk to our audience and say from your perspective where you see similarities between where the U.S. is right now and Nazi Germany as far as what is happening in the culture and what is happening with the government? Well, at face value, that sounds like a real radical question. But if you really analyze what's going on, uh, and you analyze what went on uh, during the Third Reich and and Hitler's rise to power, you'd have to say, so this is how Hitler did it. Uh, Because in America, we were never supposed to do that. We were never supposed to have dictators that could run every facet of our lives and and tell us when to jump and tell us <laughs> tell us when we could go outside and tell us when we could run our businesses and tell us uh, if we could take our kids to school. Uh, it, it's all been shut down. Liberty literally has been shut down, uh, uh, not just across the world, uh, but especially in America where it was, that sort of thing was never supposed to happen. And so we we just had, two weeks ago, a police officer from Seattle who, in his own patrol car, uh, did an eight-minute video telling other officers, are you kidding? We're acting like Nazis. And, and uh, Sheriff Nichols in uh, Franklin County, Maine, said, we will not act like Nazis in our county. We will not create a police state in our county. And he was telling that to his governor. And then we have sheriffs standing against uh, the governor, Gretchen Whitmer, in Michigan doing the same thing. And we have the Sheriff's Association now in Illinois standing against their governor. And about seven of the last eight governors in Illinois have all gone to prison. So uh, he better really be careful because... (laughs) <laughs> he might be knocking on that prison door himself. But I want to go back to to answer your question. This officer, Greg Anderson, who did that video from the patrol video. car. Yeah, it's a great video. When was the last time any peace officer in America did a video telling other officers, we need to follow our Constitution, we need to keep our oath of office, because we swore that we would obey and enforce the U.S. Constitution and the Constitution of the state where we work, and that we would actually uphold and defend liberty as peace officers of this great country. I mean, that is so unprecedented. It's never happened before. And yet now, uh, well, except maybe for me, but, uh, but I never did it from my patrol car, but this, this is the thing. We have peace officers and sheriffs all across this country standing up, and I'm going to tell you why. It's because we have governors and mayors and other leaders in this country acting like the Gestapo. 
and acting like Nazi Germany. And in fact, one of the questions and points that Officer Anderson made was, we can't just stop people for no reason and then demand their papers. He said, that's like the Gestapo, that's like Nazis. And, and so it was a real good point, and I've actually made that point before, because in law enforcement, we've been doing that for a long time, but now it, regarding DUI checkpoints, they just make everybody pull over and we ask for their papers, you know, and then we allow them to go down the road if they have their paperwork in order. And so, yeah, we've been doing that Nazi stuff for a long time. It wasn't just the coronavirus that invented that. However, the coronavirus has exacerbated all of that, and now we have self-appointed uh, dictators, uh, i.e. governors, in several different states, Washington State, uh, uh, of course, Illinois, and uh, Michigan, and Maine, like I mentioned, but now Connecticut, and Nevada, and uh, we could start going down the list here and 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 list probably 25 different states where that's happened. You cannot make yourself a dictator in America. That is against the law, and our entire governmental system and constitutional republic are designed to prevent that. And I'll tell any one of these governors, I don't care who you are, you have no authority whatsoever to suspend the Constitution to suspend individual liberty, and to shut everybody down and force them into house arrest. You have no authority to do that. And if we don't, and if we don't stand up in righteous in indignation against this, we will lose America, and it's going to be ten times worse than anything they ever imagined from the coronavirus. What do you think... That what do you think the the trajectory is right now? Do you think that more that enough people are standing up, or that a minority of people are pushing back hard enough, or do you think that America's large in part are, are comfortable with this? Because I'll tell you what, Chair, when I go out and I walk around, I see more people acquiescing to tyranny and being trembling and being afraid. I went on a website called Next Door where you engage neighbors, and I said, doesn't it bother anyone about the Bill of Rights being trampled on? And people were saying, well, well I don't care about the Bill of Rights. All I care about is, you know, as long as people are, are safe. And it just, just made me absolutely sick. So where do you see the trajectory of America right now, if you were to gauge it? If, as if, you go with that poll, if you go with the polling numbers on the question you're asking, uh, I think the fear-mongering uh, from all these governors and and uh, some of these doctors who have been lying. Uh, well, I, I'm not even going to say lying. I'm going to say doctors like Fauci and others who have been giving conflicting information and contradictory uh, earlier comments that they have made just within the last two or three months. Fauci has contradicted himself about ten times. And, and so, yes, the fear-mongering seems to be there, and when you have the CDC... It's supposed to be a, a governmental agency of, of the United States uh, telling hospitals and others to fabricate numbers regarding the coronavirus deaths. Then you really have something going on that is obviously uh, fear-mongering. Uh, and it, why would you need to inflate the numbers, and why would you need to do that at all if you were really being honest about addressing these issues? Even taking their inflated numbers the percentage uh, 
the, the likelihood percentage of you getting the coronavirus and actually dying from it is like 0.2%. So 99.8% of the time, you're going to be fine. I know. And, and so, and then if you look at the other diseases and, and causative factors in causing death throughout the world, and especially in America, you would not put this at the, even in the top 10. But let me give a, an analysis there. We have uh, always had a severe problem in America with obesity and smoking and alcohol uh, alcoholism. Uh, if you put those uh, smoking, alcoholism, and obesity together of uh, causing death in America, you're looking at well over a million every year, every year. Uh, to combat that, we have never shut down any institution whatsoever. In fact, we kill 33,000 Americans every year on our highways. We've never considered, not even one time have we ever considered, shutting down the car industry or making people not drive anymore or making people not drive uh, within five miles of their home because most accidents happen within five miles of somebody's home. So this is absolute insanity when we think that shutting down our economy is going to be somehow beneficial or that we take away individual liberty uh, from all Americans. And, and yet the fear has really gotten to people. Oh, they must not be doing this unless something's really bad. And, and so there's about 60, 65% of the people who uh, still believe that uh, the shutdown was, was fine. But, but this is the thing, and I will tell you this right now. That is because people have not, the, of those groups, those are people with money, and those are people who had savings, and those are people who are not being totally devastated by the lockdown. Give it another six months, and then ask those people, where do you stand on shutting down uh, everything that you've had and enjoyed and your family's enjoyed in, in, in your life? Uh, and keep people locked down. I mean, nobody has been locked down very long. In fact, uh, I didn't lock down at all. Me neither. And, and, most people, and most people I know didn't lock down. Everybody, you could still go to the store legally and within the shutdown rules. You go to the store every day. You could go two or three times a day. And I, there's been times where I have gone two or three times a day. I went to Walmart. I went to the grocery store. I went to Circle K all in one day. So, and all of that was legal. So a lot of this didn't make sense. But the, what, what has happened and what has worked is the fear-mongering. But you give this you give this another six months and and it, they keep the shutdown, no. And in fact, America has not even come close uh, to being shut down. And if we really were, I believe that the numbers would change drastically. Well, I want to go into the economic effects of it, but you're ga gauging the pulse about people. I mean, we looked at cer certain countries that have experienced total tyranny, and I see the U.S. Right on that path, but at the same time, I'm oh hopeful, yeah, totally. I'm hopeful in some ways. I feel like there's a bit of a rebellious spirit, even though I guess most people are kind of like wishy-washy passive. I'm gonna tell you what, uh, Sheriff Mike, I'm one of those people where I believe that my passion and love for freedom, and I will fight for freedom, and I will die fighting for freedom because you're not gonna take it away from me. You're not gonna deprive me or my family of life, liberty, or happiness. And I feel that, that that passion, at least within me and at least some of the other people, is way, way stronger 
than anyone else who'd sit there and acquiesce to tyranny, who would allow the government to trample upon them. So I do feel like that the we we have um, the passion and the moral yeah. uh, high ground. But what I'm concerned about is if enough people, you call them the sheeple, just decide that they want to live under this uh, terrible dystopian future, what does that leave people who love freedom? Is it, I mean, uh, do the majority of the, of the cowards or the sheeple, do they override the minority of people who love freedom? What kind well, of yeah, we do, actually. Yeah, and, and I want to make sure that you understand, there's still a, a, a window of opportunity here to keep this movement to restore our constitution and personal liberties, to keep it peaceful. Uh, and I'm not advocating violence, even though I agree with what you said. Uh, freedom and my life and liberty and my pursuit of happiness, they're all worth fighting for. And, and that, as strategically speaking right now, I would not support any violence uh, at all. Uh, however, they, you know, that's up to every individual when somebody's trying to uh, take away your children and what, what do you do. But I'm going to tell you what you do. You have a sheriff and you have local law enforcement and peace officers who are willing to do the Greg Anderson thing, who are willing to do the Sheriff Nichols thing, the Sheriff Bond thing, the Sheriff uh, Lopey thing, the Sheriff Fortney thing, the Sheriff Songer thing. I could go on and on with all these sheriffs who are standing across America, even Sheriff Mike Carpinelli from New York. Sheriffs who are standing and protecting their people and saying, oh, yeah, we will commit civil disobedience. And I will right, be right there with my people to do it. And you're not going to shut them down. Like Sheriff Mark Lamb said in Arizona, he told the governor, yeah, you know, the governor's a good guy. Uh, the governor's may gone a little bit far, too far here. But he says, I will go and check businesses that are opening. We will have our deputies check these businesses. But we will not arrest anybody. We will not shut anybody down, and we will not cite anybody in. And we are going to promote the Constitution. And in fact, he said this, we've got to get back to the Constitution. That is the solution. That is the answer. And everybody standing together with your sheriffs and with your peace officers and with your Greg Andersons, uh, that is the solution. It's working, and we just need to do more of it. We need to make it bigger, better, and faster. So I'm asking people to join with us at the CSPOA, become a member, make a donation, contact your sheriff, get our information off of there, get our books off of there, because I'm telling you, I have a miracle in my hand, and I have a miracle on my website, and this is not a sales pitch, it's an absolute truth. I sued the federal government when I was sheriff. That's the only know, reason you and incredible. I are on this call. That's the only reason you and I are on this call, because I would otherwise have never been known to, for anybody to ask to be on a call. And I won a case at the United States Supreme Court, and I have a copy of that case uh, on my website. And you can look it up, Mac versus U.S. There's also another sheriff that joined me in it. His name's Prince. You'll see his name come up if you, if you Google Mac v. U.S. or Prince v. U.S., and the thing of it is, it'll all come up, and you can look at these big reviews that will take you hours to go through. Or you can look at my little review, my Reader's Digest version, of a pocket-sized review of this court case. And it says that it was written by Justice Scalia. It was released by the U.S. Supreme Court June 27, 1997. And it says, but the Constitution protects us from our own best intentions 
end quote. I remember that. Do you realize how powerful that statement is? There's your miracle. But it even goes further than that. Scalia goes on and he says, the Constitution protects us from the, quote, crisis of the day, end quote. The crisis of the day. That's what all this is. It fits exactly what my decision was about. And it says that the the different governments will control each other. The different governments will control each other. And that's a quote right out of the Federalist Papers that Scalia used in this wonderful decision. And so if we use that decision, and you take that, uh, it's called the Victory for State Sovereignty, that little booklet, little pamphlet. Again, it's pocket size. You can take it anywhere. You get five of them for 10 bucks, so they're $2 each. Pass these out and give it to your sheriff and give it to your local police and say, look, this is an amazing, amazing document. This is the only time in history, in the only time in American history, where sheriffs have sued the federal government and won a case at the U.S. Supreme Court. Wouldn't you want to see what that's about? This yeah. is the only time law enforcement has done that. Go to the site. Get oh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely post a link on it. We'll definitely post a link to it. But um, you mentioned an interesting point that you want to keep things very peaceful. And it gets apparently in the U.S. that there are over 400 million guns in the U.S. And oh, yeah. with all the amount of people that are in here, I am actually shocked that violence has not erupted yet because I've read uh, the works by Martin oh, Armstrong. Oh, I am too. Yeah, Martin Armstrong has written a lot, and he said that by the fourth week there were going to be people protesting. By week six, he said there was going to be violence, and it hasn't happened yet. I'm literally stunned that you have uh, governors, especially in Washington State, who said, look, you know, we're going to do the contact tracing thing, the co- which is basically an Orwellian tyranny, saying that they're going to come to your house and they're going to force you to have a test and they can take you away. And, I am, and I'm just, like, surprised at how drunk on power and how stupid some of these uh, governors exactly. are with the tyranny. And I'm, like, literally shocked that, that, that there hasn't been uh, violence breaking out. So I'm just curious, from your perspective, um, what do you think would it take for violence to erupt? Do you think that it, it's kind of inevitable if these people, if these tyrants keep on pushing? Because maybe they don't know that there's a line. Like a bully does well, not I know when that. to stop until you, until you knock them out. Yeah, I have said that. Uh, because once you get people so frustrated and you put them into a corner, then even a wounded dog in a corner will, will come out fighting and growling and trying to defend himself. And, and that's where I really hope that these governors will back off and this, these mayors and anybody else supporting these dictatorial Hitleric ideals and notions and orders. Because some state laws do allow a governor uh, to declare a state of emergency, but they do not in any way allow the governor to suspend the Constitution, suspend individual liberty. And Jefferson is the one who said, in this Republican nation, you can reason and you can persuade, but you cannot force the American people. This was a government established on the principle of self-government and self-governance. We control ourselves. And the governors and the mayors and the president can come to us and they can say, this is what we need to do. We think this will work. We think this will help. We're asking for your cooperation. America will rise to the occasion, and this is what you should do. And then when we find out that there's all these contradictions and whatnot, and we decide that what we've been told is a pack of lies or at least uh, doesn't appear to be correct, 
then we say, no, you better go to something else. We're not shutting down, and we're not going to be sentenced to home arrest when we've done nothing wrong. And actually, quarantining healthy people is not the way to go. And, and then we, 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 t- we tell our governors, we're not doing this. We have the protection of our sheriff, and you better come up with something else. But the only thing they can do is ask and plead for our cooperation. They cannot force. And they keep doing that. Yes, sooner or later there will be, there will be violence. I, I can't see it. I almost feel like it's an inevitable. It's sad to say, but I, they, they just they keep on pushing. And right. you know, I love that you, you really are passionate about freedom and you understand the concepts of liberty. When it comes to it's seizing, the most important thing we have in America is the most think, important thing we have in our in our lives. That's what I, I I couldn't agree more. That's one thing I always find it weird. Like, how can Americans not be completely unified on that? I know people are saying, "Well, it's a very politically polarized country," but you know, the the, the right, the <laughs> well, free you, speech I is. Did, I said that about I said that about the uh, freedom of religion. Isn't there one principle in our constitution or in our society that we could all agree on that is sacred and that we would not violate? We can't even do that. No, I, it, it's really weird. When it comes to tyrants, do you see any things as you would identify as weak points? Like where where is the tyrant weak? Uh, I, I heard some people saying, well, if you make they're very egocentric, so if you make fun of them, you'll actually make them crazy. And I heard another thing saying, well, if the tyrant no longer has the consent of the people to be a, uh, to rule over them, then they, they lose the power. So when you were talking in the beginning about various sheriffs no longer yeah. offering to enforce these rules, I thought it was fantastic. But what do you see as the as, as the weak points for tyrants, and what are some of those weak points that people can start pressing? Well, their on? ego is a weak point, but also the weak point is their knowledge of principles, uh, knowledge of the proper role of government, knowledge of the Constitution, and so we have those to use against them. And, and yet they've sworn an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution. My question has been for the last 15 years that I've been working on this, my question to all public officials and sheriffs, who, whoever you are, uh, how do you keep an oath to a document that you've never read or that you've even studied in the least? That would be uh, an impossibility, and it creates a, a dishonest system from the get-go. If you've never read it and you've never and you've never cared to read it and you've never cared to keep your oath, you you have committed perjury uh, the very next day after you take office because you're violating your oath. You are required by law, by the supreme law of the law, land, Article Six of the U.S. Constitution, requires you to swear an oath of allegiance to the Constitution, not to not to state of emergencies, not to a health issue but to the Constitution itself, not to the president, not to the governor, not to the mayor, not to your chief of police, not to your sheriff. You have sworn this in God's name to the people of this country. And if you don't know anything about the Constitution, then one, that makes you a complete liar, and two, it makes you ignorant of the law. And so I think that's what really where their weakness lies. And... What would you say would be a couple of things that people can immediately start doing? You said to reach out to various sheriff's associations in your town and engage. Reach out in to th- your local sheriff okay. and, and uh, have a nice conversation. Be tactful. And that plain and simply, ask them, are you a constitutional sheriff? Are you a constitutional peace officer? Will you protect us from the tyranny that is happening and from these ridiculous orders? 
and can we count on you for peace, safety, and protection? I would love to do that, but I've always been told by lawyers saying don't ever talk to the police, so should you go there with an attorney? Well, you can talk to, if you're not in trouble and they didn't pull you over, then I would agree with your attorney, don't talk. If you're initiating the, the questions, uh, it's a pretty simple question. Did you take an oath when you, are you sworn personnel? They always talk about being sworn personnel. They don't even know what that means. <laughs> well, did you swear an oath when you took your job? Some of them won't even remember that oath, so you might have to remind them. And then, what did you swear to do? And they'll say, oh, I swore to uphold the law. <laughs> what law did you swear to uphold? You know, But, you know, ask them. I guarantee you, your sheriff has heard about the constitutional sheriff movement. Ask him, are you a constitutional sheriff? Will you keep your oath? Will you uphold and protect and defend the U.S. Constitution and thus my God-given rights? And and then say, you know what? We have a guy, we have a, 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 a training seminar put on by the CSPOA, Sheriff Mack. We'll be happy to share that with you and get you trained. If you're willing to listen, he's willing to do it. There you go. Before that, I just want to let everyone know that a gentleman named Spiro Scruss he is a uh, great interviewer. He actually interviewed Sheriff Mack last week, and the interview he did with Sheriff Mack was on an activist post. And I normally would not point out to another interview, but I thought Spear did a really great job, and he covered other topics that we did not discuss, but I feel they were very relevant. So uh, please check out Spiro's interview with Sheriff Mack on activistpost.com. We'll post a link to it. Uh, Sheriff Mack, one of the things we've been talking about on our show for a very long time, talking maybe about seven years, is an economic a cataclysmic event that's going to be global where pretty soon we're going to have all of our paperback currency become worthless because they're just printing it. And it seems like all the governments throughout the world are printing out their currency and it's going to become devalued. I remember that Hitler came to power in the wake of um, Germany's hyperinflation where they, everyone lost everything and the country was in a total depression. If that happens here, if we see a major economic collapse here where money is no longer worth anything, do you foresee the rise of a another Hitler-type figure emerging in America? Or do you foresee that because of an event that could be that catastrophic that would literally decimate people's faith or belief in the governing bodies, that it would actually turn America into a situation where we would have freedom in some areas of the country that we haven't had freedom in maybe 200 years. So I'm curious what your perspective is on that. I, I have uh, predicted the same thing uh, about the currency and the economic disaster because there's just no way this can be sustained with the amount of debt that we are incurring uh, worldwide. But right here in America, where we're now about, what, 28 Thirty trillion in debt, and yeah, trillion dollars in one debt. month, and they're going to print out another three trillion, and just give it out to yeah, people so, without production. Uh, uh, gold and silver should be skyrocketing, so I would suggest buying that uh, to uh, as, as a little hedge. Uh, I can afford silver, and I, I have been buying a little silver. Uh, silver has gone up uh, two dollars and fifty cents just in the last two weeks, uh, which is a huge. A step for silver, um, even though at one time it was up to $49, and that was just about seven. <laughs> That's when I first started. Years ago. <laughs> I thought the system was going in 2010. I thought it was, I thought we were done. It could be the beginning of it. 
but I think that that will increase the power of the United Nations, that everybody's going to be asking for a global um, solution. Uh, I think it will uh, embolden uh, the tyrants in America, of course. Uh, in fact, I would say right now that most of the Democrat dictators that we're seeing, uh, the Pelosi's and the Schumer's and the Schiff's and, and uh, the, the governors that we've been talking about, uh, they would love to have it happen because they know that they could grab more power and these uh, power-hungry, uh, the lust that they have for power, like Hillary Clinton, the lust she has for power, uh, it, w- it will embolden them. Uh, and I think it will create uh, places where we, uh, the patriots and the freedom lovers of America, uh, we would need to move to the same location or we will lose our liberties. I think we need to pick two or three counties and move to those counties and l- literally um, control those counties. And I'm not sure where they should be. I think they should be in the West, but I'm not p- p- uh, picking a, sp- a specific state yet. I've actually talked to people about this. Wisconsin looks but pretty it, good right now. They got, they got their, their state declared uh, all the lockdowns unconstitutional. They're, they're the freest state in the, in the union right now. It's pretty amazing. Which one? Wisconsin. I think it was Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, was, well, the, you'd have to you'd have to like South Dakota too with yeah. the governor there. She yep. never shut it down. No. And, and uh, so I, I think the greatest governor in America right now is uh, is her name Noam. Noam. The one from South Dakota. South Dakota. Yeah. yeah. She never shut everything and down. You'd like. have to look at that, but you'd also have to make sure that there were some good sheriffs there and and counties that would be good. It, um, it, but South Dakota would be on the list. I think. Uh, Idaho would be one. Utah might be another. The, some parts in the West there, but uh, that would have to be definitely considered. But uh, I believe a catastrophe economically is going to happen. Uh, it, every day it's going to get sooner. I don't know when, and I'm not sure that this is it. It looks like this had the beginnings of it. Um, but I think this the what what has happened, and you kind of alluded to this, is we have been dumbed down enough to now we just overly trust government. And that scares me. Uh, the coronavirus worries me, but the reaction of the American people and what our government has done to shut our Constitution down and shut liberty down has scared me to death. And, and so, yes, I think the catastrophe is happening, and I think it will, it will give more power to the global movement and especially the United Nations. But is there, I guess, the final question is, what is your greatest hope for... for freedom in the future because I I don't know I'm if the whole world goes out on this thing and everyone goes out on their knees I'm not going I'm going on my feet I I believe in freedom till the end and I'm and I refuse to to, to capitulate before tyranny uh, freedom yeah. is a free I love freedom I love it so much and I want to embrace it and grow it more so is there anything that you think would give hope that we would have more freedom in the future or are we just pretty much destined to go down this dystopian well, future I, I think so uh, I believe that uh, sheriffs working with their citizens uh, and and the citizens of this country especially will stand and hold the Constitution up as a banner to the rest of the world but and to each other to each to each of us to our neighbors and our friends that we hold the the Constitution as a flag as a banner as a title of liberty to to all of us that it protects our God-given rights, and that we stand together with our local officials and say we will have freedom here no matter what it costs. 
and that we will live in peace, and as neighbors and friends, we will live in peace. And and I and I really hope and pray that uh, that will happen, and that there will be uh, places in this country where we still do that. Pockets all across this country that will do that. And like I said, if need be, we move to the same place where we can control it politically, uh, and spiritually and morally, uh, according to the laws of God, and those. God-given rights as expressed in our Constitution and Declaration of Independence. We say, hey, if you want to live in freedom, we we have constitutional counties that you're welcome to come to. Sheriff Richard Mack, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate all that you do. Learn a little more about Sheriff Mack by going to his website at cspoa.org. Sheriff Mack, thank you so much. Thank you, too. Appreciate it. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth. Special thanks to our terrific guest, Sheriff Mack. And special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Constance Dellis, and Ms. Lisa McGarrity. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. And until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much for listening.